Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. We have a wonderful speaker today, and, and <clears throat> I asked Carolyn Self a while back to share, because I, I knew that, that she had, number one, a word from the Lord for the church. But number two, I, I have immense respect for her in the spirit, because she's a woman that walks by the spirit and discerns by the spirit. And so... And, and she's a woman that has, has been there, done that, got her T-shirt, and she's come back. So she, she's experienced a lot in life and has, has got a, an incredible testimony of the goodness of the Lord, of how the Lord saved you and rescued you, and you too, Tony. Mr. Dale Earnhardt back here in the back. Y'all want to know he's the best race car driver there is right there. I'm actually telling you the truth. He, can, he, he, he rides a race car. So, um, so I want y'all to warmly welcome Carolyn Self up here. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to start with a little bit of a testimony. Um, when I was nine years old, my father was in the hospital. He had a heart attack on Thanksgiving Day. And um, it was a week before Christmas, and they paraded me and my sisters into the hospital room to say goodbye. But we didn't know it. Uh, he ended up dying on Christmas Eve. Um, I was waiting, you know, my mother said, I'm going to go see him, and I'm going to bring him home. And so we were waiting for him to come home, and he didn't. But when they paraded us into the hospital room, he proceeded to tell each one of us, me, my sister Debbie, and my sister Helen, okay, that we were his favorite. So, you know, he was leaving us with something. But God is saying to you, each one of you are his favorite. Just as my father, who didn't know God, was able to say that to me, how much more is he saying it to you? He loves us. And he loves us with a heart that we can't even understand because we've never experienced it. My first scripture. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. That's an interesting thought. Without me, you can do nothing. I have so many people, you know, I go into the prison and the jail. Well, we don't go in the prison anymore now, but the jail and the rehab. 
Um, and you know, so many people think they have control over their lives, and they have none. It, it would be nice to say we do. <laughs> I always say to them, so you have control about rat control about what time you brush your teeth. That's about it. <laughs> and and even then sometimes you don't have that. You like to say we have control over our sleep, over something, anything, but really if you sit down and think about it, you really don't. God wants us to see that our worst moments of failure and defeat or when everything seems to be going wrong, it may actually be our greatest moments of success because of God's transforming power in those moments. Not because it feels good when everything is going wrong. It's because of the transforming moments that happen when we are hurting. Yet all we see is failure or defeat. And yet he tells us to rejoice. That's an interesting thing too. <laughs> My next scripture. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love thy neighbor as yourself. I was reading this one day, and this is what he said to me. How can you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself? Now, I wanted a great lift-me-up <laughs> sermon, especially my first time standing up here. <clears throat> and he said, do you want to give them what they want to hear, or do you want to give them what they need? <laughs> Guess what won? <laughs> so, I lived in a lot of guilt. I hate even mentioning this or talking about it. But I do it because I want you to understand where I have been and where I've come from. And, you know, I was in drugs for years. Okay, some of you know it, some of you don't. Probably most of you do. God delivered me out of them. But before he delivered me out of them, I ended up doing it with my son. And so my son died 12 years ago. And as you can see, I can sit here and tell it to you because he's healed me of this, okay? But he died in his drugs, and I came out. And so I had this horrible, horrible guilt. I had such weight on me that I didn't think I was going to make it out. And to understand... God comes to me and tells me, give me your guilt. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know, I am really guilty, and I don't know if I can. And he said to me, when you don't give, and I've said this to many people in here, when you don't give him your guilt, your shame, your hurt, all those th places inside of you, 
that don't feel good, that you're telling him what he did on the cross is not good enough for you. And I didn't want to do that. So I was at my church down in Murphy at the time, and I started running through the church. And I said while I was running, take it from me now, because I don't know how to give it to you, but I give you permission to take it, and I'm not going to kneel down before you. Just take it. And he did. So for anybody who is living under that guilt and shame, it's holding you back. It's keeping you bound. It's hurting you. It, it's stopping the closeness with God that you could have. It, it's like keeping him at arm's length and saying, I love you, Lord. Just don't look over here. Because <laughs> I'll love you as long as I'm comfortable. <laughs> Let's talk about shame and self-hate. You see, he actually told me that self-hate is huge in the church. And so we have to begin to understand that God loves us, and we need to love ourselves because we can't love others. You're trying to learn to love others? You've got to start loving yourself first. You can't love others as yourself if you don't love yourself. Shame lies to you. It tells you that you did not fail, but you are a failure. It tells you that you did not make a mistake, but you are a mistake. It tells you that you can't, can't when you have not even tried. What becomes, it, it, it becomes your identity. No matter how hard you try to change how you think, it did dictates how we live our lives. We must find the broken spots and work to begin to heal them. They can only be healed through Jesus. But when we do not know or understand what is actually broken, we cannot and will not go after healing. It is usually in the lies we believe about God and ourselves. Self-hate says that we are not good enough. I cannot do it right. I can't do anything right. <laughs> it says people are always looking for your flaws. It tells you to look for the flaws you think others may see. Physical or heart flaws. It causes comparison, causes us to want to self-medicate, causes us to fall back into old habits because it is our comfort zone. Even when God has set us free, it also dictates our identity. We are not as good as others. We are not good-looking enough. We need to change ourselves so people will like us. We put on masks. The mask becomes our world. Self-hate can come from many places, but much of it comes from the words spoken by others. In other words, what we hear, what we see, people who are important to us, the people who seem to have it all together, or so we think. 
because they have their mask on too. It causes us to hide who we are because of words spoken, the lies the devil tells us, the word curses, again, the lies we believe about ourselves. We have to start letting God come into us. Revival is started, but it starts in the house of the Lord. And he is helping. So many are wanting to come and be cleansed, be, be prayed for, be, you know, anything that they can find because God is drawing them. They don't always realize that that's what's happening, but that's what's happening right now. God is correcting the house of the Lord. That doesn't mean a church building. It's the people's hearts. This is a place we must learn we are righteous, even when we are so wrong and know God's heart for us. We have to know who he really is. We have to know God's nature and what he wants for us. The truth will set us free God's truth, what God says about us. Many times we look to people to help us. We need others. We, we, we got to have community. We got to have friends. We got to have people who can pray into us and give us something that we can't seem to achieve ourselves. Uh, we go through Sozo here at this church, journey, and mentors. The word tells us to do all we know to do and then stand. So if you're expecting this miraculous thing, it's not that God can't, but he knows it's better for you to go through. And so we have to stand on God's promises. Um, my true belief, and I, I can't say that this is truth for everybody, but when we get sick and tired of being sick and tired, we go to God with a whole heart. That's how I got delivered off my drugs. I was so sick and tired of feeling the way I did that I hit my kitchen floor. And he delivered me on my kitchen floor. So... I know his power. I know his goodness. Let's learn who God really is. Now, I learned this from Dan Webb. But I did it to Galatians. He did it to Corinthians. We're going to start with Galatians 5. It's the fruits of the Spirit. Okay? But the fruit of the Spirit is, and I have changed the words here a little bit, God is love, God is joy, God is peace, God is long-suffering, God is kindness, God is goodness, God is faithfulness, God is gentleness, God is self-control. So, he has all of these attributes. He gives them to us because he wants us to have them, but we have a real problem with some of them. <laughs> but that's okay, because he loves us. 
1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. God's kind of love is going in place of um, some of the words there, okay? So God's kind of love suffers long and is kind. God's kind of love does not envy. God's kind of love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely. God's kind of love does not seek its own. God's kind of love is not provoked. God's kind of love thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. God's kind of love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. God's kind of love never fails. It's who he is. He's all those things. We have to understand that he's the easiest one to go to. We, we think maybe he's going to beat us over the head. I, I don't really know what we think. But we don't want to face these things that are hurting us because, oh, it's going to hurt. But once you do it, if you'll just do it, you'll say, why did I hold on to it this long? He is trying to cleanse us. He is trying to make us the spotless bride. He is taking his time to be with us and teach us who he really is and what he is truly about. We have to believe it. That's all he asks. Just believe my word. It's all in his Bible. If we will believe that he is a good God, that's what, how we will see him as a good God. If we believe that because we're sick or because something bad happens in our life and want to blame it all on God, God didn't do it. I praise you and I thank you. <laughs> it's more about being with God than doing for God. And we're all looking for, what can we do for God? What is he, how is he going to use me? Okay? And believe me, I've been there. <laughs> but we are human beings, not human doings. I'm sure you've heard that before. But it's true. <laughs> Until you're really in him, you won't know what to do. And believe me, I started out cleaning toilets at the church. And then I slowly, God moved me up. And now I do lots. I'm, I'm going all the time. I praise God for it, that I'm even able. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known? 
Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. He, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's a promise. You know how many promises are in the Bible? I can tell you it's a real promise. I've been fighting diverticulitis all week. I had no strength when I came to church, and I have strength now. I know when I get done, my strength may leave. <laughs> it's usually what happens. But understand, God loves us with an unfailing love. His love never fails. So go to him. Let him heal your heart. Go to Sozo. Go to Journey. Get, find a mentor. Go to Bible studies. Do those things. Do all that you know to do and then stand. And believe that God is not going to leave you where you are, that he is going to help you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Amen. <laughs> it comes down to that place of just knowing that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. You can hear his voice. If you're not hearing his voice, you need to go after it and try to hear it. Okay? Now, yeah, just in time. <laughs> I had a generational curse prayer. It's about a half hour long. So I said, that wouldn't probably fit into this. I have it on the back um, table back there, a copy. I have a little over 50 copies, okay? If you want it... Um, Yes, get it. This has to do with self-hate, shame, mental disorders. Okay? That's the long version. I have a short version. <laughs> um, so we're going to, I mean, nobody has to. We're not here to force anybody to do anything. But if you would like to do this, um, it's what God gave me, and uh, some of it may not pertain to you, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't pertain to your ancestors. And so the best thing to do is even the things that don't pertain to you, to just say them. And so this, this is actually pertains to the seven churches in Revelation. And what he said to me, because there are a lot of people fighting mental problems, disorders, 
illness. And I was praying one day for them, and he said, repent for these things. And so this is probably not a fix-all, but it is a place to start. And that's what that prayer back there is about. It actually goes through and repents for all the different things. This is different. This is just a generational curse prayer. So if you would just repeat after me. Father, I thank you for allowing me to come before you to break generational curses. I apply the, pre the <laughs> I apply the precious blood of Jesus to myself. I come before you now asking that the generational curses of my ancestors in the churches of Revelation be broken over me. I choose to forgive my ancestors for the curses I have endured and the torment that I have experienced due to these curses. I send back any attachments that are connected to me that are not mine and receive back any godly inheritance from my ancestors that has been withheld due to generational curses. I break the curses of shame and self-hate, mental disorders of all kinds, lost of first love, which is you, believing the lies of the world, looking elsewhere for our needs, idols from back then and now, blasphemy, wrong doctrine, religious lies, fleshly desires, sinful indulgence, stumbling blocks put in front of our children, deception in the body of Christ, self-indulgence, embracing sin, control, fear, manipulation, operating in any spirit other than the Holy Spirit, pornography and fantasizing, sexual addiction, perversion, same-sex attraction, sexual confusion, exalting self, witchcraft, just going through the motions, dead works, polished appearance, masks that we put on, religious deception, being lukewarm, disappointment, anger, offense, 
and expecting handouts. I break these curses over me and my family. I forgive myself for the way I have re-empowered these curses. I renounce agreement with lies, desires of the flesh that are not of you. Holy Spirit, cleanse me. I renounce agreement with control, manipulation, sexual perversion, and Jezebel spirit. I renounce the lie that I cannot hear you. Father, set me free from these behaviors. Renew my mind. Help me overcome. I give you permission to free me from anything that is not of you. I command all darkness to leave by the power of the shed blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill us now. Where darkness has fled, bring truth and revelation to those places. I receive all the blessings that have been held back through the curses in Jesus' name. It comes down to believing that he loves you no matter what. It doesn't matter what you're involved in. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life because he knows how to change it. We are, like I said, to do all we know to do and then stand. But if you're not believing what he has for you is for you, it does you no good. All those promises in the Bible are for you. And he wants you to know them. He wants you to understand it. He doesn't make junk. I say that all the time. He doesn't make junk. And if you feel like that about yourself, I got news for you. You're not junk. It's plain and simple. None of us are perfect. None of us can be perfect without God. And so we got to turn to him with a whole heart, people. It's time. You see what's going on around us. We have to know him. We have to see him. We have to hear him. And if you can't, like I said, keep going after him until you get him, until you hear him. Chances are you do, because I heard him even before I knew he existed. I didn't know it was him until I got saved. And then I realized it wasn't just my thinking. It was him speaking to me. He's speaking to all of us all the time. We just don't know it. Some of it he doesn't really want us to hear. 
but when he wants us to, he lets us know. I didn't know if I could come in here this morning and do what I'm doing, but he told me to go, so I came. And he has enabled me, and I praise him in Jesus' name for giving me the energy just to even stand up here. So praise God, and thank you, everybody. Amen. Good word. Amen. The Father's love impacts some of us can be very complicated because love has not been a, a, a thing that has, uh, well, let's just say that we've been loved sometimes the wrong way. So our understanding of love is really, it's through the filter of our life. And sometimes we're like, well, if that's what love is about, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But the reality is, is that God is love. It doesn't say anything else. He's love, period. And God's love goes deep into the depths of our hearts. And it has the power to drive out everything that is a counterfeit. Anything that is a fear, anything that is contrary to who he is, God's love casts out all fear. It casts out everything that is an objection and is, it is standing against his love. The power of love drives out all fear so that we know love and that we're know how, then we know how to love one another because love's within us. The love of the Father. And I just want to pray because I think she is so, those, the Spirit of the Lord is really speaking through her that there's some here today that just need a Father's love. Just need to receive the gift of a Father's love. And I just believe right now the Lord wants to baptize some people in love. And when love floods your heart, it drives out all the pain, all the hurt, all the disappointment, all of the hatred, all of the, um, the lies that you believed. But I just want to pray right now, and I'm just going to be uh, in agreement with his word, that perfect love, the perfect love of the Father casts out all fear. So, Father, I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus, I, I just want you to hold out your hands. Father, I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus that you would pour out your love for every one of your children in this room. And that, Father, you would baptize each and every one in your love. And that your love would go deep into the hearts. It would go it past people's minds and go into their hearts, their spirit. Let their hearts come alive in the love of the Father. And I thank you, Father, that as you touch each and every heart, the Lord, you're driving out everything that is not of you, anything based in fear, anything based in a lie, anything that is of the evil one. Your love drives it out. Just like turning on a light switch in a room, there's no competition between light and dark. The light dispels all darkness. So, Father, I'm asking right now that your light, your love, would flood every heart and baptize your children in your love. 
And I thank you, God, for transforming people's hearts and lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 Would you all be open to hearing somebody that's lived a hundred and three? Anybody heard a hundred and someone? You know, when someone's a hundred and three, they they whenever they want to speak, they we ought to listen, right? Thank you, but I didn't mean that. Yeah, love going up is worship. Love going out is compassion, and love coming down is grace. Amen. 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 That's good. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord. Well, I want you all just to greet one another and say, you know what? I love you. Because God loves me. So reach out to somebody and give them a hug. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Lord, I pray you bless and keep each and every one.